This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. I think an enormous amount of damage was done. And, and if, if Biden had not won the election, I think we would, uh, our entire democracy would be at risk forever. We talked on our last episode with two people who say former President Donald Trump had been cultivated by Russian intelligence. Now, Craig Unger, who wrote the book American Compromat, tells us more. The, the Trump presidency showed us how horrifyingly powerful the Russians can be. And even though Trump is gone, that battle continues. And the man at the center of the book, former KGB agent Yuri Shvets, who defected to the U.S., says the Cold War is nowhere near over. We need to clearly understand that we are in the Cold War to zero. And here's another question that comes up in this show. Do American authorities know more about Russian intelligence operations in this country than they're letting on? Anders Osland, senior fellow at the Atlantic Council, says absolutely. I think that the Mueller report was simply uh, censored so that it did not come out with all uh, that it knew. All of that coming up on this edition of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. On our last episode, our focus was an explosive book, American Compromat, how the KGB cultivated Donald Trump and related tales of sex, greed, power, and treachery. Craig Unger is the author of that book, and here's what the book was designed to do. I think one of the really key things I want people to get from the book is that this is a battle that continues, and it's taking place in plain sight. And most people think the Cold War was over and we won and all that kind of thing, but the the Trump presidency showed us how horrifyingly powerful the Russians can be. And even though Trump is gone, that battle continues. And, and we see it overtly in places like Ukraine, uh, where there are Russian troops on the border, but it's happening within our borders. And the man who's at the heart of this book, former KGB agent Yuri Shvets, who says it was his office and his team that cultivated Donald Trump as a spy, says the U.S. needs to understand the Cold War did not end. We need to clearly understand that we are in the Cold War to zero. Uh, during the classic Cold War, the major tools were nukes and rockets. In this to zero hybrid Cold War, the major tools or weapons of the Russian, of the Russian government are corruption and uh, attempts to break up America from within. And Unger says there's signs all around us. When you see uh, 
you, you see things like QAnon, which is supported by the Russians. You see the hacking of solar winds, which is, is massive and, and penetrated thousands and thousands of our most vital agencies. You see it uh, where there's the, the hacking of the Tampa, Florida water treatment plant, where the, the water uh, was being uh, contaminated by outside forces. Unfortunately, someone stopped it and caught it before it, it, it poisoned people in Tampa. Mm -hmm. uh, you see it in, in Washington, D.C., in the huge white shoe law firms where there are lawyers who make $10 million a year representing uh, Russian oligarchs. And if you think about that for a minute, the oligarchs are intelligence operatives for Vladimir Putin. And here you have some of our most esteemed lawyers representing them before the government. That is an awful lot of power, and it's not going to vanish immediately. Mm -hmm. And it, it's going to be an ongoing battle uh, uh, for years to come. Schmidt says we need to snap out of this trance promoting a narrative that Russia's haphazardly trying to mess with our heads. He says it's way more than that. Corruption of American political elites and West European political elite. Uh, they have lots of money for this. They have a lot of manpower involved in these kind of operations. And we just, we just need to realize what is at stake here and to understand the tactics and motivation and the objective of the beast in order to make decision how to deal with this. If you find some of what you've heard so far disturbing, then I must apologize because what you're about to hear will be even more so. Coming from Anders Osland, and he is a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council with a long history of digging and probing one of the preeminent sources of knowledge about Russian corruption and activities in Russian intelligence and the government there. He, better than many people, is able to help us connect the dots on what's going on in Russia, what's happening in the shadows in the U.S., and what this all means. The Treasury Department about a week ago uh, said that it had uh, levied sanctions against a number of Russian entities, including an individual by the name of Konstantin Kilimnik. And he's no stranger to U.S. intelligence. He has been for a while. In fact, he was one of the figures during the Mueller probe that they were looking into to see if there was some connection to the Trump campaign. They were trying to figure out whether there was collusion taking place. They, according to what they said when they finished their work, they couldn't find any connections. The Treasury Department, in its sanctions, uh, in the documentation, said that they found some evidence or they believe they have some evidence that Konstantin Kalimnik passed on to Russian intelligence some uh, very sensitive campaign and polling information connected to the Trump campaign. So my question to you is, what does that tell you about Kalimnik and his relationship or proximity to the Trump campaign or to the end or to the Russian government? Well, the Senate Intelligence Committee issued a big report and they con called Konstantin Kalimnik and Russian intelligence uh, agent. I think that the Mueller report was simply uh, censored. 
uh, were self-censored so that it did not come out with all that it knew. Uh, I knew uh, Paul Manafort for, uh, for many years from uh, his work in Ukraine. And uh, the general view is that uh, he was working with Konstantin Kilimnik, who was perceived as a, uh, a GRU agent, that is Russian military intelligence agent, for all his career. And Manafort worked with him from 2005. And he was paid $60 million by uh, the oligarch Alexei uh, Paska, who was sanctioned by the, the U.S. Treasury in April uh, 2018. And it was then revealed that two of Deripaska's uh, top uh, executives were GRU agents, and a third top executive of Deripaska who's also a GRU officer. So uh, my sense is that Deripaska paid Manafort $60 million for his work for uh, GRU. And uh, what is most striking is that uh, uh, Manafort and his deputy Rick Gates, they provided detailed <clears throat> opinion poll data in ciphered form uh, to Konstantin Kilimnik when he was sitting in Moscow. Where did he go with that? Of course, to his uh, employer, the GRU, and also to, uh, to the Internet Research Agency in St. Petersburg, the famous uh, troll farm. Uh, and both of these uh, uh, institutions did serious uh, interference in the uh, U.S. Uh, elections in uh, two, 2016. So what Manafort and Gates did was that they told Kalimnik and the GRU, uh, where is it most profitable for you uh, to uh, present things and which arguments uh, were, work uh, best? One of the things that has come out of this Constantine uh, Kalimnik saga and his relationship to Paul Manafort was actually something that preceded this. That is people looking at Donald Trump himself, the former president, and his relationship with Russia. And there is there is information that suggests uh, and there's a there's 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 several uh, pieces of literature out there, including a book called American Compromise by a guy by the name of Craig Unger, who says and and he interviewed an individual in the book. His name is Yuri Schwetz. And Mr. Schwetz is a former KGB officer who said that uh, he believes Donald Trump was cultivated as far back as the 1970s. And he knew what he was doing. He knew what was happening. And my question to you is this, looking at what you've just said about Paul Manafort, Konstantin Kalimnik, and what we have heard regarding the former president, um, do you see a connection? Yes, I see a connection. And uh, I think that uh, Craig Anger's argument that uh, Trump was somehow recruited in 1987, not as an agent, but as some kind of uh, Russian intelligence uh, asset, and uh, that he has continued to uh, stick uh, close uh, to the Russian, both when it comes to, um, uh, to policy and when it comes to uh, di- direct interaction with them. For example, we have no idea what happened between Trump and uh, Putin for two hours in the private meetings in Helsinki in 2018. And uh, I know Yuri Schwetz, and I think very highly of him. I think that he's a very accurate uh, person when he speaks. He knows what is uh, 
uh, talking about. And he um, essentially cleaned out the Soviet embassy when he defected uh, uh, to, to the U.S. Uh, in 1990. So uh, the Russian intelligence um, people really hate Yuri uh, Shvets because he did the U.S. a, a tremendous uh, service uh, at the time. And Craig Anger has uh, written up his uh, story well. Uh, Luke Harding has been a, a correspondent of The Guardian and was expelled from Moscow. Mm-hmm. He uh, has written very well also, in particular in his book, uh, uh, Collusion. Something that uh, I've come across myself in my own research is that there was an awful lot of this information that was passed on to the Mueller team that was probing um, collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia, but somehow they came up at the end with no smoking gun. This, you know, is just, I guess, you know, me just wondering, and certainly it's, it's I can't ask you to, to give a... Uh, an accurate answer to this because perhaps you don't know, but I have to ask you what what your thoughts are on how it's possible for them to not know this or to not come up with this information. The short answer would be censorship. Uh, Mueller was censored by Bill Barr, an old personal friend of his. Uh, uh, Mueller has always been a a Republican. He seems to have felt some loyalty to uh, uh, to, to the Republican cause, how deeply I don't understand. Uh, we have seen afterwards that he has been uh, almost completely uh, quiet. Uh, I presume that if he feels ashamed of himself, that he ended up in this uh, fashion. Uh, I've read the Russian part of the Mueller report quite uh, carefully. And for somebody who knows Russia, and uh, these people, it's completely obvious uh, uh, what happened. And Mueller does not um, bring, uh, confront different witnesses with one another. He says, that person said so, and the other person said the opposite, uh, and I don't know. When it's quite obvious that uh, uh, it's uh, clear why people refused uh, to, to say something. And uh, he is, uh, it's a dull, uh, poor analysis. It's, uh, uh, he does not uh, do a proper intelligence work, and it's a very close circuit. It appears to me that none of the serious analysts of Russia that I know has been even asked by them. So they uh, stayed away. You can see that when the FBI is investigating people now, they ask a completely different circle of uh, people than Mueller did. So Mueller didn't want to know uh, or was unable to know or was censored uh, and felt uh, loyalty. So he was simply unsuitable for that task. That is astounding. And it is very direct very blunt, but I've never known you to be anything other than direct, blunt, and quite often the things you say and write are astounding. Uh, thank you for sharing that, uh, because I wasn't um, aware of that perspective of, of Robert Mueller. Uh, and uh, I don't think there there are many Americans that have, have would think of him that way based on his uh, distinguished career uh, in the FBI. But what you say, uh, I, I believe, you know, you, you know what you're talking about. And I uh, I find your 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 uh, work very credible, and you credible as well. Thank you for opening my eyes on that. 
Let me take this uh, clearly. So uh, the first thing that Mueller uh, in this regard fails uh, to point out is that it was obvious that Konstantin Kilimnik was a DRU agent. He was sacked in two, uh, early 2005 from the International Republican Institute's office in Moscow uh, for being a DRU agent and had been working there for 10 years. He had got his uh, language training in the DRU office. That's how he uh, qualified himself to work for the IRA. I, and then you have a number of Republicans who were involved in that. Uh, uh, Paul Manafort picked him from the IRI uh, office because he uh, was a Republican. Michael Caputo, another of uh, uh, Manafort's people, worked in the IRI office in in uh, Moscow. So this is what uh, was the first uh, uh, trap. The second is that Manafort, who was a high-flying Republican here in Washington, uh, and earned lots of money, as is obvious from uh, uh, Mueller's um, investigation into his finances. He also got $60 million from Deripaska, and Mueller simply avoids that uh, uh, question. So I think that it was pretty clear that Deripaska provided uh, that money to Manafort because of uh, Manafort services to the uh, DRU. And that is something that, to my knowledge, has not been investigated, which is just a scandal. You've also told us on several occasions about the connection between dirty Russian money and U.S. politicians. Deripaska is right in the middle of that. uh, And a a fellow by the name of Blavatnik uh, is right in the middle of that. This is all stuff that, you know, Unger is reporting now, but things you've talked about years ago, uh, and put on uh, put us on notice about a, a long time ago. So, is there a possibility in your mind that all of this is connected, Mr. Trump, Mr. Manafort, Kalimnik, Deripaska, the dirty money in the U.S., the the politicians, the political? elements that you're talking about. Is this all something that you believe is connected and and, and was orchestrated, um, maybe not orchestrated, but certainly connected and maybe organically evolved into what it is? And can you give it a name, whatever it is? Well, this is uh, a dark money conspiracy. I think that it all hangs together as uh, as uh, you suggest, and I prefer to put it in the words of organically. We also have Roger Stone working together with uh, uh, Julian Assange and uh, uh, and WikiLeaks, which is uh, a, a link, but it's not, so to say, a straightforward uh, Russian intelligence link. Uh, Russian intelligence is clever. It uh, works in the, the long term, as uh, Craig Unger uh, and Yuri Schwetz emphasize. And uh, it uh, sees where can we work. Perhaps it doesn't work out fully. Perhaps it will be somebody who's positively inclined to it. Perhaps we can actually get a, a real agent. But to get a real agent is less important than to influence. Mr. Oslin, uh, there are people in this country that have done things in the last few months, going back to January, January 6th, the riot at the Capitol, that have done things that I believe were based on disinformation. They were in some ways radicalized uh, by things that they were reading, 
conversations they were having, uh, things they were hearing and seeing on television, not knowing where it came from, but believed it and swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. And this treasury document that we started off discussing, which um, sanctioned Konstantin Kalimnik, the reason that he was sanctioned, the large part of the reason was because of his connection to this disinformation operation uh, in the U.S. And I'd like it, if you would, to just give us a sense of if these people, most of these folks who were reading and responding and reacting to this disinformation, and certainly, you know, people that ended up attacking the Capitol on the 6th of January were essentially pawns in a part of this clever plan that uh, the Russian government had hatched to uh, spew disinformation into the U.S. Was that the end result? Was that, in your mind, a piece of the effort to uh, attack the U.S. and to gain control, or what was it? Yeah, I would say so, but I would not uh, suggest that it's a a straightforward line of argument. It's more... We try whatever we can, and then we see what comes out and utilizes as it, can, as it comes. So I think this is much more how Russian intelligence is working, that it's playing with many boards in the air, and then it sees what really hits. There was a big probe, the Mueller probe, and you've already analyzed it and put that into magnificent context. It simply didn't do what it was designed to do. Uh, and these reports that are coming out of Treasury and the intelligence community suggesting things that there have been suspicions about for a long time regarding Kalimnik. Then there's a connection between Kalimnik and Manafort, Manafort's connection to Mr. Trump, uh, Mr. Trump's connection to Russia, the conversation with Vladimir Putin, which nobody really heard for two hours, you know, the mysterious behavior in Helsinki on the stage. Then there's also this whole disinformation process that's taking place in the U.S. Where does that leave the U.S. and what it, where does that leave us now in terms of arresting this situation? Is it something that's just the horse has left the barn here? I guess I'm kind of rambling here, so forgive me. Let me just put this into context. Knowing what we know today, based on what you've said and everything we've read, um, we know about the spying. We know about the connections. We know about what took place on January 6th, the disinformation that's been um, spreading over across the United States. And we know about the relationship between the U.S. and Russia right now. So we know as well that this hasn't stopped. The Russians have not stopped. So what, where does this leave us, the U.S. now? What, what, what should be done? Well, the most obvious thing is to criminally prosecute uh, people who have been uh, guilty of espionage. Uh, and uh, first of all, I would put uh, uh, Paul Manafort as being the leader. Uh, Rick Gates is the deputy, has uh, submitted to FBI, but I don't know what actually uh, came out of it. Uh, Rick Gates probably knows uh, uh, most of what uh, Manafort has uh, been doing. Uh, Roger Stone is another uh, case who has been involved in everything. And uh, he was uh, now uh, let free with a pardon, but there are many more uh, crimes uh, to, to, to prosecute him, uh, him uh, for. 
uh, Rudolf Dujan, you haven't mentioned as yet, who was uh, uh, the, the main person who tried to uh, manipulate these elections with Russian agents in Ukraine who have now been sanctioned by, by the U.S., but Giuliani has not been prosecuted. So these are the three uh, key people to sanction. And then we get uh, closer to President uh, Trump. He has clearly been involved in many of these things. Uh, a former president is not uh, immune. And his uh, three oldest uh, children, uh, Donald Jr., Ivanka, and uh, uh, and uh, Eric, as well as uh, uh, Jared Kushner, have clearly been involved in this. Uh, they should be investigated for espionage. Well, and prosecuted. So, last question: uh, Manafort's, I think, been pardoned. Roger Stone as well, but that does not apply to a brand new effort to uh, prosecute them. Is what you're saying? Manafort was uh, pardoned for his financial crimes, which are a smaller part of his uh, uh, crimes. And uh, it was only for a limited amount of his uh, income, $75 million from Ukraine during the uh, four years of uh, President Yanukovych. My assessment is that first he got $60 million from uh, Alek Deripaska, and then uh, he got uh, probably $50 million from Yanukovych uh, when Yanukovych was not in, uh, in office. And uh, uh, these uh, money have not been uh, discussed legally. Obviously, Manafort has not paid any taxes for it. Obviously, he has been guilty of money, la money laundering also for that uh, amount. And he has been guilty for uh, espionage uh, working for the GRU uh, at least since uh, 2000. Five. So uh, these are serious crimes uh, that should be uh, um, be uh, pros uh, prosecuted. Okay, Mr. Osland, anything I haven't asked you about that you think is important as we look towards the future and look at where the U.S. is and. Frankly, from my perspective, I'm not trying to create something to scare anyone, but to me, looking at what we already knew and what you've uh, shared with us today, it looks as though, to me, a lot of people simply either weren't paying attention or were not aware of this massive operation that the Russian intelligence has been running in the U.S. for a very long time, uh, and it leaves us in a very vulnerable place. Any thoughts on that as we finish this up? Yeah, two, uh, two thoughts. Uh, we have now seen that the Russians and Ukrainians who were involved for Russia in this operation, they have been sanctioned. But um, the Americans who were the counterparts have not been prosecuted. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that there's a lot of dark money here. Dark money is the main uh, problem uh, going forward. And it has to be revealed. Thanks to the new um, uh, Corporate Transparency Act uh, that was adopted on New Year, the U.S. will have much better ways of fighting uh, the dark money. Uh, but it will take uh, three years or so. So the fight against the dark money, uh, that's the future to clean this up. Andrew Olson, thank you so much. Appreciate talking to you as always. 
Thank you very much, AJ. My pleasure. We peel away another layer of this onion as we look in our next episode into the inner workings of Russian intelligence. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments, send me an email at jgreen at wtop.com. That's the letter J, the color green, one word, at whiskeytangooscarpapa.com. jgreen at wtop.com. We encourage you to follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. We also invite you to subscribe to our podcast. And if you want more national security information, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff. And you can sign up at WTOP.com. And as always, thank you for listening. I appreciate your time. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.